Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
You are entering the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's Man of the Hour and home of America's biggest Trump supporter. Climb aboard and buckle up your seatbelt because this is a wild ride. Nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega. show yesterday. Uh, we have a fantastic show tonight. Um, first and foremost, like I do every episode, I want to thank uh, all of my viewers, sponsors, my co-hosts who are on the line right now. Um, I have, we have great things going on. We are now downloadable in 14 different countries. You can find, you can find our show on many various networks. You can find it on Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Blueberry, um, player.fm, Castbox, um, just to name a few. Uh, iTunes. I mean, we're all over the place. We're everywhere. So people are listening in so many different areas and different on different platforms. So it's really great. Um, but uh, God, we got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, first of all, I want to welcome uh, my co-host Josh Halabate out of Ohio. What's going on, buddy? Good. Going well. Going well. How's it with you? Going well, man. Uh, are you in the car or something? It's a little, uh, a little fuzzy. Yeah, yeah. Just sadly, I'm in the car. I'm heading back from that that uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson event, as we were talking about. But uh, hopefully, it clears up here. Okay. And I, I also, and I'm going to ask you about that in a second, uh, which I want to hear about. I also want to welcome uh, my other co-host, uh, Legislative Affairs for President Ronald Reagan, international security expert, Islamic historian. 
political activist and Amazon best-selling author Valerie Greenfield. How are you? Good, Rory. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, as always. Great. It's always great to have you as a co-host. You're on. You've pretty much been on every episode. You've pretty. I mean, I. I don't. I think you've only missed like one or two ever. Um, ever since you've at least you know been a regular. But uh, I want to thank you. You're you're amazing. I mean, you uh, you have so much great insight. Um, go, Josh, going thank back you. to. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, going back to the Jordan Peters uh, Jordan Peterson thing. I want to hear about that because he, as we know, he's a big uh, public figure right now. Um, he draws a lot of controversy. Uh, I like I like his points. I think he's legitimate. I think he's authentic. I uh, it's just the phony crying liberals that don't like him. No, absolutely. And you know, I thought it was interesting. He really never touched uh, much politically at all. He made a few things. Uh, here and there, but I mean, truly, he's a doctor of uh, psychology, so he doesn't really like. And he was, he was. So this is book tours. Uh, Twelve. Um, uh, I can't. The name of the book is Oh, uh, Twelve Rules for Life. So he really, he really goes through things that he, he's almost more of a um, motivational speaker, except he backs it all up with legitimate reason for stuff. Um, but it's very interesting that this was someone that the left attacked because he stands, uh, you know, for hardcore principles on all fronts. So that means politically as well. But he was fantastic to listen to. I was lucky enough. I was actually first row, so I could almost reach out and touch the guy. So um, it was a surreal experience to be able to listen to him. Uh, you know, he's one of my heroes. So, But it was fantastic. God, I can, I can imagine. I, uh, you know, he uh, he definitely has – Many valid points. I agree with 99% of what he says. I mean, he's a, uh, he is a true patriot. You are correct. Um, I, uh, I do want to welcome on the line, though, um, very, very good friend of the show, oil and natural gas investor, foreign policy analysis, businessman, motivational speaker, and a contributor to Daily Caller, Clash Daily, Live Zet, Daily Surge in the Hill. Dan Perkins, you have some updated information for us tonight. Um, you were going to call in for a little bit just to share some details with us. What do you know that uh, I, I know you and I kind of had a brief discussion on, on the phone today, but I'm sure the audience, uh, you know, wants to hear all the details. You know, you have all the inside uh, secrets in uh, D.C. and all the uh, resources and connections. Oh, I wish I had all the secrets, but I don't. I, I do have some resources and connections. But uh, I, I, I want to talk about um, – uh, what's going on relative to uh, what we talked about a little bit last night, and that's Judge Kavanaugh. Um, yeah. The Miss Ford has, as we talked last night, she, uh, through her counsel, said to uh, Chairman Grassley of the Senate yeah. Judiciary Committee, that she would not come and testify on Monday. She would not come and testify, period, until the FBI did an investigation. As we first talked of about all, real, real, real quick, real quick before you continue. That's, first of all, that's not the FBI's job, number one. That, that would be a police investigation. Everybody knows that with a brain. And, you know, I mean, all these, you know, all these things that all of a sudden it comes out when they're about to vote. I mean, it's the same sort of thing Clarence Thomas went, went through with Anita Hill when they smeared him when Joe Biden uh, hired Anita Hill to try to interfere with the, uh, the vote. You remember that? 
Yes, absolutely. And and there's been a lot of comparisons this week between uh, what happened with Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill and what's going on with Judge Kavanaugh. Now, yes. there are there are some significant differences. He was black. Kavanaugh is not. He he was right. charged with sexual harassment in the workplace. Uh, he was, uh, Kavanaugh uh, was at the time a minor, as was the young lady. But what's going on is that um, the real story here is that this particular woman through her demands of needing to have the FBI investigate this, and therefore until the, uh, the, an investigation is done by the FBI, she will not testify before the Senate committee. So what's happening, and nobody's saying what I'm about to say, nobody is yeah. saying that this woman is, is trying to blackmail the Republicans and the president but the Republicans on the Judiciary Committee. And and so that the, the Democrats believe, falsely, I believe, believe that, um, that they have won because they believe, as we talked yesterday, Chuck Todd said he expected uh, uh, Kavanaugh to withdraw his name by Friday. Um, what happened today... Uh, what you didn't see on the mainstream media is that Kavanaugh went to the the team that had been assembled in the in the White House to guide him through this process, and he apparently uh, the word is that his demeanor uh, at the meetings today was yeah. I'm ready to go. I am going to fight for this position not only because I believe I should get it but I believe right. I'm the right person for the job. So now we have the, yeah. the showdown. Grassley yeah. came out late, late today and said yep. he has told the FBI to stand down. Yep. And yeah, that and he's it, not going to – Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> to stand down that the Senate Republicans are already uh, – I've already invited her to come in any time this week to sit down and talk with them. No indication that she's coming. So Grassley's going to proceed with the hearing on Monday. If there's an empty chair, there'll be an empty chair. Um, and Kavanaugh will have his turn, uh, and he will, he will fight. And why this is so, so important, Roy, so important. Yeah. Is that it's another example of what Trump has been able to do. Now, I, I, I want to caution you before I go much further. I'm not saying that Trump is forcing Kavanaugh to fight. I believe Kavanaugh wants to fight because he believes he's been uh, uh, attacked unwarrantedly and untruthfully. But what I'm saying is that. The fact that many of the Republicans on the committee who are up for re-election have sided with the chairman saying, we don't need the FBI, it's not appropriate, it's not their jurisdiction, and we're not going to let this woman tell us how we're going to run the Senate Judiciary Committee. So the Republicans are standing up to this, this, this try of intimidation, not only of Judge Kavanaugh, but also of the Republicans on the committee by, by the Democrats. 
what we're hearing, though, what we heard, this, what I heard this afternoon, is that there are Democrats not on the Judiciary Committee who are blatantly and openly angry at Dianne Feinstein, the way she sabotaged this, tried to sabotage this situation, that she betrayed the party and she's grandstanding for her own benefit. So she's okay. coming, she's not coming out of this really well at all. And uh, so now there's this situation, okay, later today, if the, if the FBI doesn't have the power to investigate this, because there is no federal crime, the right. statute of limitations are out in the, in the state of California where she's now yeah. living. It's, it's purported, and I'm a very important word, it was purported that these, uh, this, uh, this attack took place in Maryland, which apparently yeah. does not have a statute of limitation on sexual assault. The Democrats... The Democrats, I've got two more pieces, then I'll shut up. The Democrats are pressuring the Attorney General for the state of Maryland to open an investigation. They can't charge, but open an investigation. Number two, this is, and this is this out, the most outrageous statement of the week. We have Democratic congressmen who say, even if Judge Kavanaugh is confirmed, Quote, when they impeach Trump, they're going to impeach him, too. Jesus Christ. I know. I mean, this I'm is, sorry? you know, that, Valerie, go ahead. Has this ever happened in history of the United no, States? No, I've never even heard no. of this. No. It's just like you, making you, up you, rules as they go along? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely correct. <laughs> the, Diane, I... You weren't on last night, and I this missed you. This is ridiculous. But, no, it was a Jewish holiday. I'm sorry. No problem. It's not a problem. But but what we were saying last night is that the the rules of the Senate and the rules of the judiciary and other committees is that if if a sitting member of the committee wishes to make a claim or an accusation, they bring it to the chairman first. And the chairman and the ranking member, in this case, which was Diane Feinstein, they sit down and discuss what is the appropriate action to take. She did not follow the rules of order for the committee and went and sent the letter directly to the FBI requesting an investigation. Now, an individual senator or congressman, as far as I have been able to determine, cannot ask the FBI or the Justice Department specifically for a an investigation one the fbi and the justice department are direct reports of the president of the united states so a congressman or a senator cannot order the employees of the administration executive branch what to do it's just like when we had we had this uh, investigation these so-called collusion the uh, acting attorney general uh based on uh, legislation from the, uh, the Congress, created a special counsel through a special order. But my point is that she violated everything. She sat on the letter while she spent 32 minutes in the conversation in private with Judge Kavanaugh in the interview process. 
She said nothing about it during the, the open 32 hours of open questions, did nothing, and waited to, to almost a week ago tomorrow before she uh, opened the bombshell. And then she says more than three times now, she has said, she does not know, this is important, she doesn't know whether or not the woman is speaking the truth or not. There's no reason for an investigation. If she's going to bring this up, she has to have right. some kind of facts, something to right. say to prove that this is happening. There's no investigation when there's no, nothing to talk about. And, I mean, well, I, in the column that I wrote today. They're con- the Democrats are constantly you know, asking for investigations. Like, look at the Mueller. You know, they, there's nothing there. And so to continue right. to make taxpayers pay for more investigations on nothing is ridiculous. And the reason they're doing this is because they want to stall for time. If the FBI is in charge, they're going to stall for time until after the election to see if they can yes. win, and then Kavanaugh won't, will not pass the Senate and the House. So, okay. so you know, me, everybody knows this. So, you know, I think it's up to Grassley just to say, forget it, we're moving on. Right. So let me, as a lawyer, you're a lawyer, right? As I understand that, correct? No. No, but, no, but she, go ahead. She used, okay. she used to do legislation. She did used to work for years. Ronald Reagan, though. She worked for Ronald okay, Reagan. Okay, I thought she, I, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you, uh, Not at all. But I'll still ask you, I'm going to ask you the question anyway. Okay. If we if we if we look at the situation that took place, if it took place, it involves three people. It took place approximately thirty six years to thirty two years, but we don't know for sure yet because she, she doesn't know when it took <laughs> place, where it herself. took place. She doesn't right. know herself. But and, but my point is this: yeah. If 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 there there's no so there was no sexual assault, and I. I, Roy, you'll love this. In the article that I wrote today, I yeah. said there's no sexual assault and, quote, there is no blue dress, end quote. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> so very, there's, very so well there's done. No, there's no evidence. There's, no, there's nothing. There's no physical evidence of, a, yeah. of an assault. The yeah. other person who was supposedly in the room says he right. was not in the room, did not see the attack, didn't believe it right. took place. Then, then right. I did some research, and I found some research today of a study done, sponsored by the NIH, National Institute of Health, by a gentleman by the name of Aaron White, Ph.D., right. who did a study of the effects of abusive drinking, binge drinking on high school students and college students, and the ramification it was, especially if it's highly concentrated aggressively in a short period of time, can have impact on memory recall. Right. But you know what? 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 They, they talk, they, they, wait, just let me finish. They thought, or they're saying, that Judge Kavanaugh was drunk. Did anybody ask the question, was she drinking, was she drunk? No. That's a question that needs to be asked on Monday. And you know what? You know what's so another the question thing is, that needs, you know what, another thing that needs to be addressed, which really, is really pissing me off, and it's a whole double standard? You have a guilty man in Keith Ellison who beat his girlfriend or one of his mistress, one of one of his one of his lovers. I think one of I think they're it's it's his ex now or something. But they are basically yes. shutting her out, not letting her talk, smearing her. Same sort of shit they did with Bill Clinton's uh, accusers. They kept them shut 
and would not let them tell their story. So it's totally a partisan bullshit situation where only the left gets to be the innocent ones. I mean, they're they're the right. ones that you know are can do no wrong. Oh, but the Republicans, the right. Oh, they're 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 guilty. They're they're fucking rapists. They're sexual predators. I mean, that's exactly what the liberal mindset is. And the left is yeah. trying to put I – mean, it's disgusting. And you know what? But, yeah, but if, they, anyone, if anyone else – if anyone else it was in Judge Kavanaugh's shoes getting smeared and slandered and lied about like this, forget the partisan shit for a second. I mean, this is about humans. This is about your reputation. This is about your family in the courtroom witnessing that you're getting – you know, all of this ambush and all of this garbage thrown your way by these foolish and ignorant Democrats. Rory, the difference, between, the difference between what you're saying um, with Keith Ellison is, and, and Judge Kavanaugh is that Keith Ellison, you know, the minute – if somebody is a, is a serial um, sexual uh, um, attacker or whatever the, the, the wording that they're using on this particular case, people come out of the woodwork to say, hey, yeah, that happened to me too, but I was too afraid to be alone to say it. And now that there are other people, I want to jump in and t- say that that happened to me too. Look at Bill Cosby and look at, uh, what's his name, Roy Moore, all these guys. But this is not happening with Judge Kavanaugh because he didn't do it. Right. Big so you have between, going back between these cases. Yeah, but going back to Keith Ellison, his girlfriend came out today and 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 brutalized the Democratic Party. Why yes, are why do, why don't I why do I have the same rights as Miss Ford? Why do right, I not she, have the right to totally, believe? The liberal left wing media is totally silent about Ellison's girlfriend. They will not talk about it. And here's a case where we have physical evidence because of doctors and hospital reports and emergency squads. We have physical evidence yeah. uh, that, she, that, she was, that she was beaten, but uh, they, they won't touch it. So, again, as I said last night, I really think this is going to backfire on the Democratic Party in the midterms. It's not well, well, going to happen. Let's not forget Miss Ford's lawyer is connected with George Soros and also is a big Democratic donor and was connected with Hillary yes. Clinton. So let's not forget about right. these. So, you know, it all kind of makes sense that this is a whole smear campaign. Right. Right. Yeah, Agreed. I mean, it's I'm, pretty clear, and I think most people see that it's, it's a complete political grandstanding, and, and it's because of the election that's coming up. And, yes. uh they're, like you said, it's going to backfire because people are not as stupid as they think. Right. And, yes, and this, yeah, is, this I, is another example of another, but the, the, the example, the, I'm going to tell you, I'll make a prediction. If whatever day Kavanaugh is given his chance to respond, whether it's Monday or Tuesday, I'm going to tell you that his approval rating will rise the next day. That the American people oh, who are concerned concerned about what they've heard, he's now going to have a chance to defend himself, much like Clarence Thomas did. And those people who thought that Clarence Thomas should not ever have been selected to the court, look at what an amazing justice he has been for our country in the the years that he's been on the court. And all I'm saying is that 
is that Kavanaugh, he, much like jo- uh, um, Clarence Thomas, stood up to the Democrats, stood up for who, his, who he is and was. I believe yeah. you're going to hear the same kind of approach from Kavanaugh on right. Monday or Tuesday. And they're going to, and they're, and going to, he's going to call for a vote should they right. proceed, and it'll be, you know, be down party lines, and all the Democrats will vote no, and all the Republicans will pass, vote yes, and then probably Thursday or Friday, they'll make, they'll do a vote on on his acceptance, <laughs> and he'll get he'll he will get the nomination. It'll go to the floor probably the following week. In the first week of October is when the sessions begin. I believe he'll be, he will be confirmed next week, and he will be sitting on the court as a justice when this new fall term begins. I, I and I hope you're agree. absolutely right. I hope it goes exactly as you said, because the thing is, I do too. <laughs> this, is this is unique for the Republicans to actually stand up. I mean, from the, from the 30 years that I've been here, the Republicans always fold, especially if there's something to do with, you know, with some kind of honor. You know, every, that person mm-hmm. just leaves town. And this is the first time that, that I know, that I can remember, that, that we're saying, no, we're not going to play these games. We're not going to allow the, Repub- the Democrats to run over us. And I, I mm-hmm. give a lot of credit to Grassley, but I also give right. credit to Trump because he started this. He taught yeah, the Republicans the way. to stand up for ourselves for the first time. Exactly. Right. Yes, absolutely. absolutely correct. I want, hey, real quick, I want, I want Dan, I want you to stay on the line because uh, we have a very special guest who uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit about the Me Too, so stay on for a second. But I do want to get Josh's thoughts about this. We haven't got to Josh. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, as Valerie was saying, I think it comes down to two things, the reason that they're standing up for Kavanaugh like they haven't. Obviously, Valerie just said Trump. He's given the Republican Party a backbone because they feel like they can come out and say what and, and support what they actually think. The second thing is, not only that, but Kavanaugh actually is a really good dude. Like, before, even though someone was a really good dude, they couldn't stand up for him because of the stupid um, political thing that the Republican Party felt they had to follow. But since Trump has come, they actually have the opportunity. They're willing to stick their neck on the line because they know that Kavanaugh is a really good dude and that Trump has given them that boost of confidence. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Very well said. But I do want to welcome my next guest, um, Dan. And unless you had any clo- anything less to say about that, no, I I I I just wanted to say that I've got another piece coming out uh, about the uh, the midterms, uh, but maybe we'll save that for another show. Okay. Well, then we'll talk about. I mean, um, I, I do want to say with closing on this real quick. You know, I, I agree with you. I think Kavanaugh is going to be confirmed next week, and I think this is going to turn a lot of Democratic voters off because they see this as a malicious act from their own party at the very last second. Um, you, you know, believe it or not, there are some good Democrats out there, um, voter-wise, voter, voter wise, uh, that are starting to see right through this BS, and we see all of the walking away uh, movements. I mean, you know, this is um, – yeah, go ahead. If you just, if you just, just real quick, if you, if you just look at it from the standpoint, as Valerie's saying, and and, and your co-host was saying about backbone, but but just yes. think about it in this in this time sequence concept. 
from yeah. from the time from the time Diane Feinstein announced the letter, and every and and from that point in time yeah. to today, Judge Kavanaugh has nice. not been on television. She basically when he gets Diane Feinstein Feinstein gave gave it away. I mean that's that's as dumb as it gets. Waiting until you're about to vote and say, "Oh, there's an anonymous person." that is came forward from 40 years ago. I mean, can it sound any more silly? It sounds like a comedy movie. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's absolutely ludicrous. And, you know, she's not going to, uh, you know, te- testify. I mean, this thing's going to basically going to go in the Republicans' favor. I mean, this woman, uh, I think, is, is scared to face anybody uh, in a public setting. Maybe she'll meet with somebody in private uh, on Monday, but there's no way she'll go in, uh, in public. What do you think, Dan? Real quick. I, 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 I said in the piece that I wrote today, I'm hoping that there will be a Republican senator who has the courage to pose a question to Mr. Kavanaugh mm-hmm. condemning what, what the senator did by name. Right. right. And I, okay. I hope it happens. I really do. I hope it happens. Okay. Well, stay on for a second. Um, I do want to re- introduce our next a guest, YouTube star, spokesperson for men's rights, Edmonton, and a contributor to a voiceformen.com. Karen, uh, is it Strahan? Is that how I pronounce it? Strawn. Strawn. Karen Strawn. How are you? Good to, good to, good I, to have you on. I, um, I am excellent. On, excellent. Glad to hear that. Um, you were on a few months ago. We had a lot of different discussions about the uh, feminism uh, disgusting movement and how it's, uh, you know, ruining men's lives. I mean, you know, you've got all of these different scenarios going on right now um, mm-hmm. with, you know, with all these women. And, and I, I have viewed it, you know, there are women that are telling the truth, sure. But there's also women that are monkey see, monkey do. They're, they're trying, they're fabricating and lying to fit in with the trend. It's almost like a trend. Like Me Too is like a BS uh, smearing campaign against males. It's an, it's an anti-male, I mean, it's, it's pure feminism. It, it, it's as women want to get that superior feeling because the, they, they have all this insecurity and all this entitlement. It's just sickening. I mean, we're, we're seeing, for example, what's going on with Kavanaugh. I mean, that's that's the whole Me Too BS, and and it, you know we have all these things that are happening with, um, you know, in Hollywood, and you have innocent actors that are getting accused, but you also have guilty ones, of course. Um, but you know, Sean Penn said yesterday, and Sean Penn's a liberal, and I'm surprised he came out and said this. And I said it on my show yesterday. He said the Me he Too didn't movement. Just- he didn't just women. say it. He yeah. didn't just say it. He said it while sitting next to his female co-star who disagreed exactly. with him. And he stood his ground and, and essentially said, yeah, no, I think it's dividing men and women. I think that that's what it's designed to do. Um, and okay. we've certainly seen the results of that. Something like uh, 75% of men in the workplace are now essentially saying they're, they're leery of mentoring women. Um, they are. They don't want to ever meet with a woman with the door closed, uh, or without a, a witness there. Um, and as you can see with Kavanaugh, it doesn't matter if you have a witness there to vouch for you, because you're, you're going to get raked over the coals too. You know, regardless of that. 
uh, and regardless of what your witness says. You know, I was listening to the conversation, you know, and you, you said, you know, well, was, was she drinking? And from what I heard, her claim was that the only two people that were drinking were Kavanaugh and his friend, uh, Mark Judge, was it? Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that everybody else at the house party had only really had one beer. And I'm thinking to myself, right, because I'm remembering house parties that I went to where there was underage drinking when I was a teenager, and that was there was never just two drunks at a house party. Um, everybody was drunk uh, to some level or or other, or almost everybody. Uh, there were a few people who would abstain, but almost everybody would be drinking, and and almost everybody would be you know intoxicated, certainly over the legal limit, but usually significantly over the legal limit. And so what you're what you're looking at is like the improbable scenario of the house party at a person who's uh, a house, the house of a person she doesn't remember, um, doesn't remember how she got there, doesn't remember how she got home, doesn't remember anything other than the actual freaking thing she's saying, doesn't remember what year it occurred in, right? And uh, and I'm thinking and and never mentioned it to anyone until 2012 during marriage counseling. Um, you know, you think maybe that was like just a quick excuse to to convince her husband that he's really the bad guy who just doesn't understand her and just doesn't, you know, uh, women trot out stuff like this all the time. And people have asked me, you know, like, what kind of woman would lie about rape? What kind of woman would lie about sexual assault? And, you know, you said Lots something about, uh, <laughs> well, you said something about bandwagoning, right? And, you know, we know that this happens. We know that this happens because it has happened. Um, you know, we have Charlie Rogers who faked a hate crime. Uh, she, she was a lesbian activist who uh, faked a home invasion and uh, sexual assault claimed three Christian men uh, invaded her home, uh, tied her to the bed, carved Christian symbols into her body, all of this stuff. She cut herself up, right? She faked the whole thing to draw attention to the LGBT cause. Uh, we have Meg Lanker Simons who faked uh, essentially sexual threats against herself on Facebook um, in a Facebook group uh, attached to her university. Um, essentially, uh, the the person who was threatening her was like, "I'd like to, you know, hate that woman, uh, and then she'll be my good little Republican bitch." And uh, the police discovered that that was sent from her computer while she was in possession of it. So, I mean, like, you're, you're looking at people. There was even one woman who was at a Take Back the Night march, and she just out of, out of I guess, the spirit of the event, got up in front of the mic and wove a completely fictitious story of how she was sexually assaulted. And, you know, put every, put the whole campus on high alert. And then she was like, yeah, actually, I made that up. I just got swept up in the moment. Um, you know, there's all kinds of women who have all kinds of mental problems. They have all kinds of, you know, like 30% of women in Canada are on psychiatric meds of some sort. Right? Like, there are women out there with problems. And, uh, hey, please, please you know. Please remind everybody what part of Canada you're out of. Um, I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, so I'm in Canada's Texas, and I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm in the Houston I'm in the Houston of Canada's Texas, not the Austin. Oh, nice! So. It continues what you're saying. It's fascinating. 
Well, you know, honestly, like women, there there are something like five overlapping reasons, and there's been there have been studies investigating this. Five overlapping reasons why women make false allegations of sexual assault um, that for attention. Um, they they make false allegations for uh, like attention and sympathy for an alibi or to explain something away or to get out of trouble. So you're in the military, you're late for muster for the seventh time. Yeah, well, it's because I was raped. Or you bring an STD into your marriage. Well, it was because I was raped. Um, so uh, to avoid embarrassment uh, when you're um, – because you feel embarrassed about the sexual activities you've engaged in, that would be Hofstra, um, where she – you know, the Hofstra false allegation against, I believe it was five minority men – um, that uh, she just did not want people to realize that she'd had sex with multiple guys in a public bathroom. Um, you know, so, and lucky for those guys, one of them abstained because he had a girlfriend and he filmed it on his phone. So Jesus. essentially what you're, look, you're looking at is, you know, you're looking at a whole bunch of, of reasons. Revenge, of course, uh, being angry and wanting to get back at somebody. I mean, these are and getting the leg up in in things like custody battles and divorce negotiations. Um, you know, so essentially, you have you have a whole host of reasons why women would make false allegations, and you have just like with men, you have some people who are you know either messed up in the head enough, or you know, uh, I guess unscrupulous enough, dishonorable enough to actually use the weapons at their disposal. And to, to believe that this weapon, this particular weapon, which is uniquely fitted to a female hand, it is, it is a uniquely female weapon. Men cannot wield this weapon um, because they, they don't, even if a man says, oh, my girlfriend raped me, even if people believe him, uh, nothing's going to happen to her. So essentially you're looking at this, this one thing that women have that they can hold over men or they can use to get out of trouble or for an alibi or to, you know, buy their way out of a difficulty or to get attention and sympathy. Um, and there are some women who are going to use it, just like there are some men who commit murder. There are some men who commit rape. There are some men who commit bank robberies. There are bad men out there. There are some psycho men out there who do things like, oh, I don't know, just stab random people on the street because – the neighbor's dog told them to, um, you know, there are crazy men out there. Well, there are crazy women out there. And uh, you don't even have to, as a man, you don't even have to have know the woman. There was a woman in, I believe it was the UK, who picked two guys at random off of Facebook and accused them of raping her. Jesus Christ. It's crazy. I mean, all, it's crazy. All these, yeah, Josh, I want you to respond. Go ahead real quick. Yeah, you know, I had a question. So even, the, as you were saying, Edmonds in the Texas of Canada, you know, how big yeah. of, you know, I, I know a little bit about Canadian politics. I actually, I just, uh, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and Jordan, Dr. Jordan Peterson was here this evening. I'm just getting off of that. Um, yeah. but what kind of, what, what kind of attacks have you gotten, I guess, from, from people in Canada? Because you are in a dangerous place, even though it's right next to America, you are in a dangerous place of being shut up or thrown in prison because of what you say. Um, you know, I don't get 
a whole like okay, so I get accosted now uh now that my channel's, you know, si- significantly large and and then I've made appearances, you know, on various programs and stuff like that and other people's channels. So I get accosted maybe every third day or so by somebody who recognizes me and wants to thank me. Um, so, you know, the guy who works at the pharmacy at my grocery store, um, a guy who works at the meat department at my grocery store, you know, somebody coming out of the KFC as I'm going in, um, someone at the computer store this evening. Um, so you, you essentially like lots of people stop me and say, I just want to thank you for what you do. Um, the people who don't like me, uh, they generally don't approach me. They, uh, they, I, I don't know why that is. I don't know why I seem to be uh, le- being left alone um, by those people because I'm definitely recognized by lots of people who don't like me. Um, and uh, there was one at the grocery store. Uh, he, my, one of my favorite cashiers was saying to me the other day, um, there was this woman who was after you in line the other day and uh, went after you left and, you know, we were talking and chatting and after you left, she leans into me and she says, do you have any idea who that is? And, and he said, I didn't have time to get into it. I had a lineup. So I just smiled at her and said, sure, she's one of my favorite customers. And then she just shut up. Um, but it's because, I mean, like lots of people know who I am and I have almost like almost overwhelming support from the people that I, that give me any feedback. Um, and I've managed to sort of keep my rhetoric to a point where I don't have to worry about any kind of hate speech laws or anything like that. Um, I, I'm certain that if I was actually brought up in front of one of the human rights tribunals or something, um, that they, there would, there would be a a major, major, uh, to do in the media about it. Um, you know, right-wing media in particular, um, because it's just it, it would just be absurd, right? I'm not advocating hate. The the keynote address that I gave at the last international conference on men's issues was all about how men and women need to be fellow travelers, um, that we need to bring men and women back together, uh, that that we shouldn't see each other as competition and uh, and rivals. Uh, we should certainly not see each other as nations at war, and uh, and that we all have to sort of pitch in and make life better for everybody. So. Um, I, I don't know what you could find hateful in that or, or worthy of being called up in front of a human rights tribunal. So, so yeah. yeah very, very well said. Valerie, go ahead. Well, I would, you know, your comments made me think of what happened recent, this week. Um, there was a gentleman in the West Bank um, he, near Efrat, a Jewish man who is in the media with his opinion in Israel and was uh, murdered, and I think he was a target, you know, because of what he had to say. Um, Ari Fold was his name, and he was a father of four, and a Palestinian um, young boy, 17 years old, took a knife and stabbed him. And, you know, this is free speech. You know, he has the right, just as you do, and, and in the United States, we... You know, we have the First Amendment to protect us, but we don't, you know, necessarily, we shouldn't have to have a bodyguard to protect the First Amendment. And, um, you know, but these, like you said, there are crazy people, 
and they have ideologies that they follow, and it can be very dangerous. Um, but I will it say that be. the entire country of Israel was mourning this man because he stood up for what he believed in. Yeah, you know, like I, I had some concerns because when I first started um, blogging, uh, you know, I really didn't want my face to be out there. And then when I put my face out there, I really didn't want my name to be out there. But um, I have found that, you know, I really haven't had any problems. And, um, you know, I'm not exactly 100% sure why that is. I haven't even had one of my events protested. So, like, I've done a lot of speaking engagements. They've often been sort of hyped, uh, often occurred on university campuses, and uh, and I know the people there don't don't like me, but I've never been protested. Um, I almost feel uh, kind of disappointed, uh, <laughs> like I it's like a that that's a badge that I didn't get. Time. You know, I, I can't Will, sew that one on my on my lapel. Hey, can, so, Karen, can you can you stay on the line? We do we do have our next a uh, next guest calling in, but I want you to stay on. I want to we want to have this, some discussions. Um, can, sure. Do you have time? Okay, perfect, perfect. Yep. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So, w- real quick though, before I welcome our next guest, uh, Dan, did you have, do you, you want to say anything to uh, Karen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I do. I I I have three issues, three things that I not that she has to comment on all of them. But three things that I want to put out for your audience. Okay, and then I'm going to welcome them my next happen- guest when you're done. Okay. Two, two, two things happened this morning. If you go to, uh, if you follow Drudge, there were two stories literally about three bars or three lines from each other. One was a story about how the women's movement thinks that the sex dolls is going to uh, damage women and their relationships <laughs> with men. Then number one. Number two, three lines down. Three lines down was a story about diminishing testosterone in 30 years and under in age. And I think that that's, that's a problem. It, it, it used to be up into the 60s and 70s, but now it's coming down. And I think it's, it's, it's a, a neuterization of the male of the species in America because of the women's movement and the intimidation of women, as you said, with the one tool that they have. And the last thing was the double standard for sexual predators in the public school system of women versus men. Women are dramatically differently as sexual predators in our public schools than men are. You're absolutely right. I want to say real quick, it's crazy because – you know, you have a male teacher who has sex with a, a younger female student. Everyone goes crazy. But then you got a female who has sex with a male student, and nobody bats an eye, really. You know what? You know what I want to tell you, and this is hilarious, and I won't be able to find it again because I don't remember what state it was from or city, and I don't. Uh, the channel that it, it was on is gone now. It's it's been deleted. Um, for, I, I guess promoting though, hate do you, think, do you think I have a point though with what I just said? I mean, oh, oh yeah, that- oh yeah, yeah. No, here, here. This is gonna, this is gonna put the period on that point. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there's this news story that was clipped from a local news station, um, yeah. like a NBC affiliate or something like that, 
and uh, and it said that the state was considering repealing the statute, the particular laws uh, criminalizing yep. sex between teachers and students. Um, that Maybe. that. It, it, essentially, between teachers and students, wanna, the age of consent, real, the age of consent quick, is not the same, right? But but the reason why the reason why yeah. is because they enacted the law to nail male teachers who were victimizing female students. But all they were finding under this law, right, uh, was a ton of female teachers with male students, and they were like, well, we're just catching too many female teachers, and they're they're being criminalized, they're being thrown in jail for this. Um, sometimes yeah. these boys are 17; they're over the age of consent. Yeah. So you know, like, we're, let's repeal this law. And I was right. just blown well, away. Yeah, I know, I know. Hold that thought. We're gonna get more into this. I need to welcome my next special guest. Stay on the line, Karen. Uh, but it, very, it's very loud in the background. Uh, Greg Wrightstone. I'm very happy to have you on the show. Uh, if you can make sure uh, there's no noise in the background. Hello. Perfect. Yes, Great I'm to here. have you on. Uh, scientist, geologist, political strategist, entrepreneur, climate change analysis, researcher, and best-selling author, Greg Wrightstone. How are you, sir? Very good. Thank you very much. Great to have you on. Um, obviously, you've made some headlines lately. Uh, first of all, why don't you start off with, you know, you were basically uh, attacked by Antifa. Uh, they were basically trying to deny science and protest your events and absolutely going crazy. Uh, explain to the audience what happened. Yeah, I was at the uh, uh, Phyllis Schlafly Eagle Council uh, event uh, in St. Louis this weekend speaking. The title of the talk was uh, how uh, rising temperatures and increasing CO2 are benefiting the earth and humanity, something your listeners probably have never heard of before. Uh, but the evidence, the science, the facts, and the data are clear uh, that actually the earth is thriving and prospering precisely uh, due to rising temperatures and increasing CO2, uh, com- completely 180 degrees opposite of what the media is telling everyone. Uh, so I was speaking there. I was honored uh, actually to, to receive an award the, the uh, evening before uh, thanking me for my uh, efforts to to promote uh, scientific uh, efforts for for climate change and getting the word out on what the true science is. Uh, I got up Saturday morning, and uh, by noon there were uh, 30 or so Antifa, self-identified Antifa. How do you pronounce it? Antifa, whatever they are. Antifa, Antifa. Antifa. Uh, Protesters outside. Uh, police were there, keeping them away from the from the hotel. Uh, I started presenting, and it turned out that about halfway through my presentation, uh, three people had actually paid to get into the event and uh, started screaming, uh, "Scientists lie! People die! Uh, climate change is killing us!" Uh, other crazy things. Uh, but ma- mainly just repeating those two things over and over again uh, loudly. Uh, police came in and uh, uh, escorted them out. Uh, they were quite rude, vile, hateful, and uh, uh, some of what they were saying was not suited to uh, for, for family audiences. Uh, so they were. It was it was pretty interesting that you would have these alleged anti-fascists. Uh, 
shutting down free speech. Uh, I, I thought that, that that's what fascism was, uh, the, the shutting down of free speech. But yet they're, these are supposed anti-fascists and are just yeah. actually – they are the fascists, actually. Um, oh, they really we, are. We see this. We, we see this across the spectrum uh, with the with the climate change alarmists that they they just they will brook no no person or anything with science that disputes their notion of a man-made climate apocalypse. Uh, they they need to shut down anything promoting that. And in my book, Inconvenient Facts. Uh, your yeah, tell everybody about that. It's a great, it's a great book, and it's doing very well. It's selling very well, and it really, uh, you know, puts things into perspective. About uh, it puts the myth and debunks, uh, you know, all of this leftist climate change garbage that they're feeding them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't set out to write a book. I really didn't. I set out to seek the truth because, as a geologist. Uh, more than 35 years experience studying various aspects of the Earth's history. Uh, I knew that some things as a geologist were being told about climate change were just wrong. I knew they were wrong. I suspected other things were, but I, I didn't. There's so much contradictory information out there. I set out to go back to the base data to find out for myself what the truth was. And actually, when I when I dove into this, uh, I was shocked at how much of what we were being told about climate change and global warming, what we're being told, the science, the facts, and the data don't support it. In fact, the science, facts, and the data support a story that's, in most cases, 180 degrees opposite of what we're being told. Uh, we're being told that all these things, these what I call the climate apocalypse events, uh, forest fires, droughts, heat waves, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, that we're being told are increasing. Actually, the data tells us they're in de decline. And the experts, in many cases, tell us it's because of climate change, that that warming temperatures and increasing CO2 are actually leading to uh, great benefits for the Earth, a thriving, greening Earth. Um, and what we're told is that uh, most of these things that are being predicted are just that, predictions, speculation of what may happen 30, 50, or 80 years in the future based on failed climate models that, that can't actually model climate very well. Uh, I live in the real world. I look at what's actually happening today. Okay, so we've had 300-plus years of warming. We've had an increase in CO2 uh, for the last 100 years or so. Uh, shouldn't we see some negative impact of that? No, we don't. And when I look at there and what I present in the book, uh, it disputes that completely. And, and my main mission, one of my main missions here, is to empower people with the facts. And, and if if your listeners uh, want the facts, they can go to uh, inconvenientfacts.xyz and at the homepage hit the subscribe button, and I'll send them a PowerPoint. Of the top, no charge, a PowerPoint of the top 25 figures in the book with sources and references. And these sources and references are things like NASA, NOAA, peer reviewed uh, papers. Um, and I just would ask them that they retain all the source and referencing. But they can use that. Right. That way, if their idiot brother in law from San, Santa Barbara or someplace uh, posts something about polar bears going extinct, they can. 
<laughs> they can use a, they can post a, a, a sixty year history of polar bear uh, population history showing just the opposite. Right. Yeah, there's I one know, population I'm, of polar bears. There's there's one population of polar bears, one one group that that is in decline, but all of the others are thriving. Right, exactly. There's uh, right. uh, the study. Well, that, that I think you're referring to the study in Canada where they had separated, yep. uh, I believe, 13 districts, and 12 yep. of the 13 either had stable or increasing populations, and one yep. of those populations were, were in decline. And actually, yep. one of the funny stories was a uh, well, I think it was funny because it was completely contrary to what was predicted. Was a study showing uh, 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 bears in the Chuchi Sea where the uh, sea ice uh, had been in great decline uh, versus uh, I think it was the the the, the Bering Sea where or where uh, up against Alaska where the sea ice had been uh, very stable. And they found that the where the sea ice was uh, greatly diminished. Actually, the bear the bears were fat and happy. They were significantly healthier. Uh, the, the the sows and both the sows and the cubs uh, were healthier. They they had uh, greater success uh, for the cubs growing, and they attributed it actually to the bears moving on land, and they had a greater food supply on land. And uh, so there it was completely go. contrary to to what to what we're being told. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and one thing one thing I did want to say too about the models, um, you know, like I I have uh, I know someone who has done some computer modeling of systems, um, and generally they are small self-contained systems that that exist in a lab with maybe five or six different factors that you have to make assumptions about. So, you yep. know, if this, then that kind of assumption. Um, yep, yep. And you generally, those are guesses. They're, they're sort of estimates as to, you know, okay, so what's going to happen when we increase the oxygen supply? Are the cells going to grow in a clump or are they going to grow in a grid pattern or what, right? Yeah. And uh, and you have to make those assumptions. Now, think about, and and he got his paper published in a, in a reputable journal. Um, and at the same time there were, uh, you know, it was making predictions that, you know, as you increase X, the output increases, but he, compared to the results from experimentation in the lab, the model was consistently off by a little bit. And there was one value that was way off. It bucked the trend altogether. And so in his model, and so essentially what you have is this tiny little closed system that, that is, you know, completely controlled within laboratory conditions. And, and that can't even make predictions with the kind of confidence that climate scientists are making their predictions from models that, that are making, they're setting thousands of assumptions as to, you know, I don't even know if they have clouds in their models or they they, whether they, they take, take into account uh, things like um, we had a mountain pine beetle infestation in British Columbia and into Alberta that killed off 180 or 18 million hectares of forest, right? So you had 18 million hectares, uh, twice the size of Vancouver Island of dead forest, just dead standing trees in British Columbia. And they thought that that was going to be a carbon net carbon producer forever. Mm. 
And uh, 17 years later, without any intervention, uh, they went and they checked everything out, and they said, uh, actually, from the rate of recovery, um, we're looking at it going back to being a carbon sink within three years. So within about 20 years, um, it's going to be a carbon sink again. And they said, and I'm listening to the scientists on the radio going, this is such a surprising result. Nobody had uh, ever considered well, that the warmer temperatures coupled with higher CO2, you know, something everybody who runs a marijuana grow up knows, right? Warmer temperatures and higher CO2 cause more growth, right? So the, it, it, the, the recovery of the forest itself was, was way faster than anybody had anticipated. And I'm thinking, you guys are scientists? You couldn't have predicted this? Um, yeah, you're, you're, but, but you're right about the, you know, the, you, you mentioned clouds. Hugely yeah. important because clouds uh, reflect a huge amount of the energy coming into the, uh, into the earth. And the more clouds, the more energy reflected, which means the lower the temperature – but yet clouds are an even part of the models. And, and my, my primary editor, uh, Lord Moncton, Christopher Moncton of Brenchley, uh, mm-hmm. he, Willie Soon, who was just appointed as, as uh, one of the top science advisors to Donald Trump, uh, uh, David Legates and others have a, uh, have a paper they've been trying to get published. It's called Feedbacks and Climate Sensitivity that uh, they have been trying to get published for significant uh, uh, period, and they've identified three significant uh, errors within the climate models used by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and they can't get it published in a period. They, yeah, they, they can get it published in a in a one-off journal, but they want to get this in one of the big um, peer-reviewed scientific journals, and just can't do it well, because there, there's there, there's a people like me and others. Who are presenting climate science that that goes against the company line of man-made catastrophic warming can't get through. I was shut down this weekend by by um, uh, Antifa people, and and I got to tell you, I I spoke I spoke a few months ago uh, in Pennsylvania at a group. uh, A local professor. Uh, was there, and he trashed me on social media, which I get a lot. I'm, I'm, it's okay. I, I'm good with that. But you know what? I got yeah. back in touch with him, and I said, you know what? I'll come over, and I'll speak to your class, and I'll, uh, and the, you know, I'll speak for half an hour, and then you can trash me. You know, just uh, uh, ask me yeah. anything you want, and let's debate it. And he said, no, I would no sooner have you talk to my class as I would uh, invite. A, a person that believes in the flat earth and he says and yeah. this is the best part this is well maybe not the best the, the scariest part he says i don't want my students students exposed to this kind of science it wasn't that i was wrong but it was this kind of yeah. science well what's that's what's what we're up against. the most yeah what's most frustrating is you know when when you hear people say oh yeah well you have this study or that study well who who funded it the oil companies well, you know, of course the oil companies funded it because nobody else is going to fund it, right? Uh, you try and get uh, your study funding. If if you're trying uh, I, to get I, I, your study... I'm, I'm going to disagree with you strongly. The most, there's, there's, I know a lot of climate skeptics like myself. I don't know one that's getting any funding from any 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 oil or gas companies. I'm not. This is, this is a well, very, interesting converse, very interesting conversation. I do... Josh, I want to get your thoughts on this real quick. Go ahead, Josh. 
Yeah, um, you know, within regards to uh, the way Republicans specifically have handled climate change, it seems like whenever it gets brought up by the, you know, the Democrat Party, uh, it's like a shutdown. Like, the Republicans don't know what to say, and we just kind of, like, ignore it and try to move on with the conversation. How do we educate, especially the people that are elected currently and the people that are soon to be elected, how to answer these questions that are brought up instead of just sitting there with a deer in the headlights look because you know, we, for some reason Republicans don't care to actually get educated on this stuff. Well, I've got to respond to that because usually climate change is short for by Republicans. When we talk about climate change, we talk about it's short for man-made catastrophic climate change. I don't know anyone that, that denies that climate change is happening. It, it's happening. It is. Everyone acknowledges well, what's that. The, and the, but, what's but the, the alternative? Seems climate change the same? They paint, they, paint, they paint Donald Trump as a climate change denier. He doesn't even accept that climate change is happening. Of course he does. He just doesn't believe that it's, it's primarily man-made and that it will lead to catastrophic consequences, and neither do I. And I don't know any skeptic. That, that disputes the fact that climate change is happening. It is. It just is. But they'll, they'll, they try and convince the rest of the population that, that uh, Republicans and skeptics are, are modern-day Luddites that have their head in the sand and can't accept that climate change is happening. Of course it is. It's just not man-made, and it's not can catastrophic. I ask, can I go ask ahead, real Allie? quick? Because, you know, it used to be called global warming. And then when it was proved that it's not warming all of these places that um, the liberals were saying, then it became climate change. So really, to me, climate change doesn't really mean anything because, like, like you were, were discussing earlier, you know, everything changes. It's not like anything's going to stay the same at all, you know, forever. So really, what does it mean? It, to me, it just means life. I mean, there's nothing – it doesn't have a meaning. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. But it is. We should stick with global warming because that's the main. Their main thrust is right. that right. the the climate is and temperature is warming, and it's going to warm to a, such a degree that these X things will happen. And but we know by looking at the models that the models overestimate warming by two and a half times, uh, too much, three times too much in the tropics. And and we've got to get. Uh, and, and so again, we're looking at speculation of what may occur 30, 50, or 50, 80 years in the future based on failed climate models. And right. we've got we to separate speculation from real-world uh, actions of what's Propagate. actually occurring. And, and yeah. what we see in the Earth is that so many of these things they're predicting are just not happening and, in fact, uh, improving. And well, I think, what too, we need, we need... Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh well, I okay, think no. I think we need we need to also you know like let's harness you know society's compassion a little bit here and and draw attention to you know when you when you literally have uh, a woman in oh say uh, Bolivia who's who's cooking on an ironing board with no cover over a garbage can full of trash right burning mm-hmm. garbage to cook to to heat up a, a pot of rice. These people, right, in developing countries, they are the primary beneficiaries of the expansion of inexpensive energy, 
right? Not green energy. She's not going to be investing $60,000 to put solar panels on the roof of her shanty. No, she just needs electricity, mm-hmm. right? And so essentially what, what we're looking at is, is we're looking at a doctrine that says essentially uh, we shouldn't be burning any fossil fuels at all. And, oh, heaven, heaven forfend we go nuclear, right? So how are these people supposed to be lifted out of their conditions if, if we completely limit consumption of fossil fuels. Exactly, exactly. There's nearly a billion people on Earth that don't have the benefit of electricity. Another two billion people have very limited access to the energy that we expect here in the Western world. In addition, I mean, all these people, uh, these people, most of these people that don't have electricity are cooking over, like you said, open fires, mostly burning dung, According to yeah. the U.N., 4 million people a year die from respiratory issues related to burning dung and open fires. And they could yep. benefit from the use of fossil fuels, propane, compressed gas, other things like that, instead of burning those things. And But yet the Pope, uh, our religious leaders, many of them from the mainstream uh, uh, sects, are are promoting uh, embracing the Paris Climate Accords, which will necessarily increase energy costs for everybody and destine these, the poorest of the poor across the world to continued poverty. And it's, it's really the carbon tax that's being proposed is, is, is a regressive tax that impacts the poorest among us the most. Yep. Bam. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Josh, go ahead. I know you had something to say. Go ahead. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's very interesting, uh, especially as you were, you were mentioning. I'm in microeconomics in college right now, and my professor was talking about capital. And when you have capital, when you have tool, you get richer. So not only you were talking about the situation, uh, you know, both of you were talking about the situation the, uh, with someone in Bolivia who's, you know, cook, uh, the way that they're cooking their food and how if they had – um, more access to fossil fuel, they would be able to, you know, because of electricity, they'd be able to live a better life. Every time you do something like this, that is taking that potential capital away from that person, you're making them poorer. And these, all these people that claim to be, uh, you know, um, pro, you know, that believe that the climate is changing because of something that uh, we as people are doing and we need to stop it because of fossil fuels, those are the same exact people that think that there should be no one who's quote-unquote poor lives underneath the poverty line. But when you take yeah. away their capital, their tool, you keep them in poverty. When you manipulate the system over and over again and don't let this play out in a free market type of way, you get these situations. I, I guess, I don't know, speak on that. It was kind of a, more of a rant, less of a question. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're you're right about about this. With uh, Bjorn Lomberg from the University of Copenhagen estimates that a trillion and a half dollars per year, it's a hundred trillion dollars by uh, the end of the uh, by by 2100 will be uh, just taken away from the Western, mainly the Western uh, countries, and that it's a it's a huge transfer of wealth from the haves to the have-nots. And that's what we're really talking about with the Paris Climate Accord. It's a, it's a huge transfer of wealth uh, from the developed countries to the undeveloped countries. And it's a, 
my my first quote in my book is is from H. L. Mencken that talks about the need for governments and institutions uh, to impose or to create these imaginary hobgoblins of alarm uh, that they need to create to to frighten the population and the citizens into accepting otherwise onerous and punishing things like Paris Climate Accords and and carbon tax. Uh, Why else would we accept uh, economically crippling uh, things like the Paris Climate Accord uh, unless that we were convinced that uh, the earth and America was going to be subjected to terrible consequences, when in fact just the opposite is true. Uh, So we need to yeah, you're, but you're but you're right about that. It's 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 these economically crippling sanctions that they're they're looking to impose upon us, and it's it's distressing to me as a conservative to see uh, uh, Republican leaders like Trent Lott, uh, George Shultz, and others from the the old Bush administration, the old New World Order people, uh, coming out uh, pushing a carbon tax, which they are doing. As a, they're they're actually saying yeah, we this have, is we a have conservative free market uh, response to to solve climate change. So it actually it's a it's a solution in search of a problem, as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, when I look at it too, you know, when when you look at uh, the the transfer of wealth from uh, industrialized countries to developing countries, right? Where's our guarantee that the governments of those developing countries? are going to actually trickle that wealth down to that woman who's cooking on an ironing board over a, a, a can full of garbage. Um, like, we don't have any guarantee that that's going to happen. The income inequality in a lot of those countries is staggering. It would, it would shock most people. And the, the whole idea of, you know, the, the new Marxists, I guess, uh, they ignore the existence of wealthy people in poor countries. Uh, they completely yeah. ignore the existence of poor people in wealthy countries um, insofar as those people might interfere with their goals because most of them are bourgeois, you know, well-to-do right. young people who are highly educated in Ivy League schools. Um, but, you know, like you look at it and they're, they ignore the existence of essentially what we would consider to be the super wealthy in a lot of these really, really impoverished nations. Now, those people, well, they have access to the government. And how do we know? How do we know that the billions that we shift in dollars for for the penalties or or whatever through the Kyoto Accord and and all of the other accords that followed, right – how do we know that any of that's going to get to the the actual impoverished oh, citizen of oh, Bolivia or Peru or or Nigeria? Come on, you know they're not going to get there. You you know it. You're saying the words, but what? you know that it won't get there. It will go to no. the people in charge, and it will go to their their lackeys, their families, and their their the other people associated with them. And none of it will get to the people. You know that. It's it's oh, been yeah. a pattern. Yeah, well, and it's it it's just it just happens to be the pattern of governments in prior to industrialization. Um, yeah. You know what you had was was similar kinds of corruption um, in you know in that at the beginning of the industrial revolution here in the West, um, the the similar disparities in in income and the you know before uh, things shifted. 
right? Yeah. And the adjustment was made to the new economy, right? And so what what we have in those countries is we have governments that are that are generally extremely corrupt, and and uh, and they're not going to share the money that they get from these you know Western Heck governments no. in all of these penalties. Could I? Uh, I'd like to shift gears just one moment. I just just yeah. now. Yeah. Got uh, uh, things are happening with me with this uh, w- with what happened with Antifa real, over real the weekend. Real quick, I want to I want to get into something that I really wanted to ask you, and it's very important, and it's been bothering me. But I, I just me. got my ad disapproved by Google just now. Oh, Jesus! So just uh, you know, I'm being what do they call it? Shadow banned. Go ahead. Go oh, ahead. nice. Jesus Christ. Well, let me. I want to ask you. I want to get into something with you real quick, and this is very important. In your book, basically, it you know uh, debunks everything Al Gore put into place with his, uh, you know, his scam of tricking all of these people. I mean, it's probably the greatest scandal, the greatest scam in history. And one of them, one of the best in history. I mean, he made millions and millions of dollars off tricking people and leading people the wrong way. Uh, to believe uh, a lot of the BS of, of what was going on. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, geez, you just got just got disconnected. Holy shit. Uh-oh. Well, you know, honestly, Al Gore, his predictions, didn't he say by 2010 we'd have 50 yeah. million climate refugees? Um, well, no, we have economic refugees or economic migrants flooding into Europe, but we don't have any climate refugees um, that we'd have uh, that the, the snows on what was it? Mount Kilimanjaro would be gone. Yeah, no, no snow, snowpacks healthy, he- as healthy as ever at the top of that mountain. Um, you know, he made all of these predict- predictions. He's None of them have come to pass. I'm exactly. back. He, he, Greg, so. Talking about the whole Al Gore thing, I mean, the way he misled people, the way he lied, the way he said oceanfront property was going to be underwater, you know, he said all of this gibberish. He totally was talking uh, wrong about the polar ice caps, uh, the stuff going on in Antarctica. He was totally fabricating the truth, made millions of dollars starting this. It's one of the greatest, like I said, scams uh, in history, and he's made a fortune. I mean, he's almost a billionaire off of it. If you really look at everything he's done, he was like one of the first originators with this whole scheme. Yeah, he was. And your book, uh, and your book, you know, and your book debunks, your book debunks a lot of his bullshit. And you know what? I, you might be surprised when I say this, but uh, he's, he's a, uh, he's a shill. He's a, he's a con man and he's done really well with it. It's been a great yeah. scam for him. And I'm yep. I'm not actually as as angry at Al Gore as I am as it uh, the other as actual scientists that are complicit in it. Cause oh yeah, Al Gore's a, he's a scam. He's a con artist. He's done really well. You have to look yeah. at him and say, man, you did really good at this scam. All right, it's the it's the scientists that really that really get my goat. You know, it's it's the it's the scientists that are complicit in the scam and promoting it because yeah. I I uh, honor the scientific process of debate and and it's 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 the scientists that really I take down. So and if you so look at you, if you're you probably look at surprised how Jeff, at that. 
Yeah, and if you look at how desperate he is, if you look at how much he's trying to seek attention, he knew that a lot of his BS was getting called out and he was getting debunked. He even tried. He even came out with a second movie. I mean, about the whole. Yeah. And, and this guy, uh, can you tell me? Because he just, you know, the first movie was ridiculous, uh, and I didn't even watch it. I just saw small clips, and I just couldn't even stand it. But what, what the second one? I mean, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Uh, not really, because I didn't watch it because I couldn't stand I didn't, it. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either, but. It's a sense of desperation. It's a sense yeah. of the de- the Democratic Party, you know, losing their fan base and their voters. And, well, you know, don't you agree? Yes, I do. And, you know, this is probably the, the first or the second biggest uh, pseudo-documentary, most effective pseudo-documentary. The other one was probably yeah. – uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you know about Josh the Clarkson. The first one won uh, a damn Oscar, didn't it? Didn't they get the first one won an Oscar or something? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And Josh Clarkson with Gasland. Yeah, Gasland with with Josh. Uh, you know, he he supposedly exposed uh, fracking with all of its dangers. And and you may you may be surprised. I was the only person that debated ever debated Josh Fox, uh, the producer of that. And I I kicked his butt. Wow. And he's refused to, just like Al Gore won't debate anybody about climate change, Josh Fox and fracking won't debate anybody about uh, about that. Because I yeah. well, did it once, and, and he was exposed. And Al Gore Jeez. would be exposed by anybody with a scientific yeah. basis, uh, and, and Al Gore will not do it. And, and can you please tell the audience, and we know this is a polarized cap are not in trouble. They're not melting like the liberal media and everybody's trying to over, uh, you, you know, exaggerate. You know, everything is fine in Antarctica. Uh, it's actually, it's, isn't it only two degrees colder or warmer than it was 100 or 200 years ago? I mean, there's basically yeah, nothing had, wrong with it. Yeah, well, actually, the, the northern polar ice caps are have been over the last uh, hundred or plus years. Have they, they, we're in a warming period. And when we're in a warming period, those ice caps, but your listeners may be surprised to know you can melt the entire polar ice cap and it wouldn't raise sea levels virtually by virtually nothing. And that's because the northern polar ice is floating on ice. Remember? Like, yeah. like the, yeah. uh, 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 if you, as you melt ice that's floating, uh, nothing really happens in terms of the ice level. Where, what does occur is the is the ice that's bound up in glaciers in Antarctica, Greenland, and uh, uh, continental ice. So that's and that's the, really what drives sea level rise. And you see all the hysteria and all the the the, the drama. With the polar bears, I mean, there's nothing wrong. The polar bears aren't dying. Like we have all these articles coming out saying the polar bears are dying in Antarctica. Bullshit. No, they're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a. Uh, in fact, uh, I've got a, a, a fellow I know that that actually owns a, 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 a billboard company along the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and he he presents things. I've got a great billboard. He says he's going to do after the election is is. Uh, if you can imagine, there's a picture of polar bears, 
and he says uh, the, the the beginning part is uh when Al Gore was born, there were seven thousand of us, and at the bottom it says yeah. only thirty thousand of us remain. Right. I saw that. So we've had. We've, I saw that. We've gone from seven thousand to thirty thousand polar bears. I mean, come on, yeah. no, they're they're not, and they survived uh, significantly warmer periods than what we're going through right now. And and if you look back too. The warming period we're in right now, we know what year it started. It was the year 1695. It was the depths of the Little Ice Age, horrific Little Ice Age. Half the population of Iceland perished. A third of Europe died during the Little Ice Age. We know that historically warming periods have been associated with with uh, bountiful harvests, uh, crops that, that, that are, are bountiful, uh, and then when it gets cold in the colder periods, like the Greek Dark Ages, the Dark Ages, the Little Ice Age, we, yeah. we see crop failure, famine, pestilence, and mass depopulation. So it's just right. completely opposite of what we're being told. Well, right. I just and, want and, I just want to let all of you know, okay? Yeah, and this ahead, is Karen. this is I, you might you might think this is just normal for Alberta, right? Because we're up here with the igloos and you know and all of that, and we ski to school and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, what, September 12th, September 12th, I look out my living room window and it's snowing 10 days before the official first day of autumn. And then we hovered around zero degrees Celsius. So hovered right around freezing and it snowed for about five days. Wow. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So I'm I'm just wondering what government department I'm supposed to uh write to to demand my share my fair share of this global warming. I'd I'd really like to know. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've got <laughs> a uh I I write uh about one one opinion piece a week that gets published. I've got Daily Caller Ben Shapiro's picked up mine uh, yep. a couple times over the last several months. Uh the last one that Ben picked up was uh uh, if you're any Game of Thrones uh, aficionados, you'll you'll know this uh, quote was, uh, "Winter is coming and it will be <laughs> horrific," and it was about the coming uh, apocalypse that will be coming at some point uh, when we when we go either into the next cooling period within the interglacial, or actually retreat into the next uh, ice age. Uh, if right. we go into the next ice age, it will be bad it will be horrific most of canada uh will be covered in hundreds and thousands of feet of ice well oh geez hold on one yeah no what no absolutely it, this this blows my mind i mean it, it really does valerie go ahead Hello, Mallory, go ahead. Yeah, go Sorry, ahead. I couldn't hear. Um, yeah, so I guess the question I have is, you know, people, when they hear that I'm a Republican or conservative, they say, but what do you think about global or what do you think about climate change? What would be the way to combat that question so that, I mean, because usually what my answer is, I just don't know enough about it to make it an opinion, to give you an opinion. Because yeah, I, well, that's a good I, don't I, I hear have, that, and that's why. All this information. 
Yeah, that, I hear that a lot, and that's why I wrote my book, Inconvenient Facts, the science yeah. that Al Gore doesn't want you to know, is is exactly yeah. for people like you. And uh, if you go to the website, inconvenientfacts.xyz, you can download a uh, – uh, hit the subscribe button. I'll send you a PowerPoint with right, some great. really impactful slides that will help you. Right. Uh, but we, we need to just to, to dispute this notion. Absolutely, Josh. Go ahead. I know you have a lot of thoughts. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, you know, uh, just to touch on Al Gore. I think everything's already been said. That you know, uh, and and as our as our guest was saying, he really did a fantastic job of selling a lie. I mean, it's almost. It's almost incredible, and the, the best part about it for him was he really didn't even have to defend it. As soon as he made the statement, they had a bunch of uh, scientists who agreed with him politically that just backed him, well, just because, and because, you know, uh, they agree with him politically. I guess my, my, my question in that is what, you know, there's a lot of these science, I, I, boy, I, wanna, I guess I can call them science deniers almost, that – you know, all they all they do is go off of things that just aren't true. What do we do about those people? Because it seems like those are the ones that we have to fight most often. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't fight those. It's like people. talking to a brick wall, right? Yeah, I don't I don't waste my time. I don't waste my time with the with the people that are heavily invested in this. You're not going to convince them, and uh, my time is. Uh, I focus on the people, the the 80 or 75 percent or 90 percent, whatever it is, that are in the middle right. that that just don't know. They they suspect. It's what when I was writing the book, um, uh, Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, uh, wrote uh, a blog post on his blog, and he he's a true climate skeptic, and uh, he wrote a blog uh, about. Uh, about the, the, the climate skeptics and, and the non-scientist problem. And that's what we have is we hear so much conflicting information and people are out there and they just don't know what to think because they're not scientists. They don't have the information to to discern what's right, what's wrong. And, and that's what really drove me to write my book and, and to provide the information I do was to provide fact-based information for these people, uh, for the, the non-scientists among us, uh, to differentiate between what is right and what is wrong and what, what the, the actual facts are. Because it's, it's really what Scott Adams called the non-scientist problem. How do you know what, how do you know who to believe? Right. Yeah. Well, well, very well said. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things though. It's, it's like talking like these the, the jaded left wing you know science is different than what logical real science is of what we believe on on our side on on the right you know it, it's it's almost like it's scary because all these different people get all this misinformation and it's just you get they get their heads filled and then they get jaded and then they're so one dimensional. And they're stuck in their own ways, and, and they don't want to face facts. Yeah, and that's that, that that's part of the uh, the conflict and, and the challenge that we have to get actually the truth out there about this. Because what I talk about is completely contrary 
to what we hear in the media. I'm talking about an earth that's prospering, that's thriving, that's greening. Right. Uh, right. The, 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 the whole earth is, 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 is benefiting from rising temperatures and increasing CO2. Where have you ever heard that? Have you heard that before? Probably not. And, yeah. and the facts, the science, and the data back me up. And this is, this is, I'm a scientist, and I'm I believe in the scientific process, and I I want to um, provide this information to people. And this is my mission. I'm 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 passionate about it. And like again, I didn't set out to write a book. I set right. out to seek the truth. And what I'm presenting are the the details of what I found scientifically about this. And it's Holy, 100% or almost 100%, 180 degrees opposite of what we're being told. Yeah, I mean you're you're, abso- you're absolutely right. I, um, Josh, you, you you have any thoughts? Yeah, I guess specifically on your book, do you, how many different platforms is that offered on? Is that by any chance offered in an audio form? Because yeah. you know, with me being yeah. a student, I you know it's. It's one of those things that it's like I can only read so much of the books that I have to buy from these professors that cost ungodly amounts of money. Um, but you know that'd be—I'd love to listen to your book driving, home, you know, driving home or to school. That would be fantastic. Yeah, we've got uh, yeah. There's an audio book available. Uh, we've got the e-books available. What we're working on right now is an app because what I find when I oh, I think by the this way, will hey, be hey 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 I own an app development company. And uh, if you if you need to talk about that, we can definitely discuss that. And I give um, I charge a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. Um, and we we have a, I have a great system. I have uh, I've been doing it for a long time. I've been coding for a long time. Oh man, I'm sorry. I already I've got a guy out of Boston that contacted me and said I think I think I've got ideas for what we need to do for your book. And I had that and. Uh, We've actually created a new uh, – uh, he came down from Boston last week. We spent three days together uh, and created wow. an uh, inconvenient app, LLC. So we're, we're in the middle of developing that. Uh, I, I've got visions. What I, what I see is when I'm talking to people uh, away yeah. from my office, I pull out my phone and I want to call yeah. up uh, particular charts and things from the book. In the book, I've got, and this is Inconvenient Facts, uh, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know, inconvenientfacts.xyz. If you go to, uh, 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 what I want to do is is I I call up uh, charts to show people. What I want to do is have this app go through the 60 inconvenient facts that I I have in the book so that people can, can select each one. And then, you know, if they want to go to polar bears, if they want to go to temperature, they want to go to CO2, if they want to do, yeah. uh, you know, forest fires, here here, here, we can call up something really quick. And because really my mission here uh, is is to empower people with this, these inconvenient facts. Yeah. Yeah, I know, absolutely. And you're getting that built? You already have a builder and everything? Yeah. Yeah, okay, we're working on cool. it. When are you expecting so, to release? So yeah, sorry, you're about two weeks too late. Sucks, man. I would have, I would have loved to work with you. Maybe it's something. Maybe on the next one. But how far are you from releasing it? Uh, 
we met last uh, ten days ago. We 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 said we're targeting forty five days from then, so it'll be uh, okay. beginning in November. Nice, nice, very nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, this God Jesus, uh, you know, Karen. I, I'm sure you want to uh, respond real quick. Um, and then Karen, I have a lot of lot of Me Too stuff I want to ask you. You know, you're the you're the expert on that stuff. Well, you know, I actually have to get going uh, pretty quick here, okay. but um, uh, I'm happy to come on some other time and we can discuss Me Too in depth. Um, Absolutely. I just want to say uh, this: I'm really, really, really glad uh, that this book exists, and yeah. uh, and I will hopefully be sharing it around with some people who uh, who I could maybe use uh, a little bit of a balanced um, right. a balance to what the media is telling them. So thank you so much for uh, for writing this. And um, I'm going inconvenient facts, is what it's called. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can say. Yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, it's, it's on his web. What's your website? Inconvenientfacts.xyz. There's a five dollar off coupon there, but but hit subscribe. And I I I, I respect people's. Uh, I only send out uh, an inter, an email about every two or three weeks, and they're pithy and very informative. So, okay, uh, good. Yeah, no, I, I that would be I, I one hate email. Ha- I that... hate getting hammered with emails. Oh, so yeah. I respect that. You know, you know, honestly, I appeared once on the Young Turks, and uh, oh, and ever since right. then, ever since then, they uh, yeah, no, and Shank Uger blew up at me and told me to stop voting that, and go make him a ham sandwich. <laughs> he told me. He told me. Stop. He said. Yada yada yada. So stop voting and go make me a ham sandwich. And um, so yeah, that was that was really great. But uh, since they have my email, because I was on the show, now I get bombarded with them begging for money. Don't and, you? And uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, well, yeah. Except I'm not subscribed to your channel. I don't watch your content. And your boss told me to go make him a ham sandwich, which I haven't done yet. I should probably get on that and get it in the mail for him. <laughs> wow, you are so. that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I'll film um, it. I'll film I'll film myself <laughs> making the best sandwich ever and then I'll have my son operate the camera and then we'll go to the post office and mail it to Cenk Uger. But um anyway, I'm I'm going to go. It was it was great okay. talking. Um hey, I'm Karen, happy to come on again. Promote yourself where people can find you. Everybody can find you. Oh, best place to find me is on my YouTube channel, Girl Writes What, or on Twitter at Girl Writes What. So there you go. Perfect. Well said, and uh, you're doing really well. Thanks right for now putting up with me. Yeah, absolutely, and you're doing very well right now. And I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll have you back on soon. But before you go, real quick, one question. Mm-hmm. What, okay. What do you? What, where do you think? What do you think the outcome of this whole? It pinpointed in, in a few seconds of Me Too and this whole Hollywood BS. How do you think it's going to come to a close? Oh, somebody is going to get killed. Whether they, some innocent person is going to get killed. Whether they put a gun to their head and do it uh, themselves, or whether they get beaten to death by a vigilante in the street. Um, that that's probably what's going to happen. And those things are not beyond the realm of possibility. Uh, we've seen 
at least four suicides since Me Too began. Um, we don't know whether those men were innocent or not. Um, and we also have seen instances where uh, young men were falsely accused of sexual assault and were beaten, uh, and uh, some of them actually uh, killed uh, yeah. in out of by vigilantes out of revenge. Uh, so I mean, this is not outside the realm of possibility. These things happen. So, right, absolutely. Well, well, I want. Oh, thank you for coming on. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, I'll have you back. Uh, uh, you know, like like I said, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, and well, we can go back over all this stuff, this uh, crazy feminism, and and this all this Me Too BS gibberish. And hopefully, Brett Kavanaugh will be a judge on the Supreme Court. Absolutely, Alleluia and Amen. Let's pray. Let's hope. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Thank you for coming on. Take care. Have a great night. Thanks. So, uh, Greg, I, uh, before you go, um, you know, I do want to, you know, just kind of touch up on the whole, uh, debunk the whole myth of, and, and the liberals use this, and they try to, you know, they, they, they act like, and, they, and there was even a survey in a poll that climate change was one of their number one concern in, in certain aspects. They thought it, it was going to cause all these fatalities. It was going to be the end of the earth. Everything was going to, you know, be, you know, insanely crazy. But it's so uh, overly exaggerated, like I said earlier. But the fact that the sun is getting closer to the earth, they try to use that uh, talking point as well, which is just silly. Yeah, there's uh... – but there is a good relationship between uh, uh, the sunspots and – temperature on the earth we know that that, that's actually of course course. Uh, but it's over exaggerated what the the sun uh, relationship no just just the fact that they're they're saying uh, the sun getting closer to the earth is causing all of this you know different weather patterns and they're 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 blaming you know that sort of scenario You, you, you know what i'm referring to actually i don't i've not heard that um, I'm okay. pretty much up on most uh, climate uh, crap, but uh, I've not heard that. But it is, but uh, it is one of their concerns. But it is one of their concerns. And, 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 uh, and that, that might well be, but it's. But that's that's probably right. pretty easily disputed. And, I, and again, I've not heard that, so I don't want to. Uh, I like right. to talk about what what I do know and what I can talk about, and I've not heard that. So, uh, right. But 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 we do know uh, that it's the sun, stupid. It's it's really when we look at, at the big drivers of what's going on with with sun over the last ten thousand years since the, yeah. the the end of the last ice age. It's really yeah. been uh, a great correlation between sunspots and sun right. activity. And uh, and what's going on with with the temperatures? We've seen uh, right the the big ice ages are driven by uh, hundred thousand year cycles. They're called Milankovitch cycles. It's it's due to the uh, eccentricity of the Earth's orbit. Uh, not to right. get too too technical with you, but 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 the others we've seen uh, we've been in ten thousand years of blessed warmth in the interglacial right. period that we've been in. And we've seen that there have been 
uh, actually nine other warming periods, and we're in a warming period. Make no mistake. Uh, we've been seeing nine other warming periods, and five of those other uh, nine warming periods had higher rates of warming than what we've seen right. in the 20th century, and, and all all other nine periods had higher temperatures than what we are right now. So we're not yeah. un, we're not unprecedented, and it's not unusual. It's very right. similar to other periods throughout uh, the interglacial period we've been in for ten thousand years. And, and before before I let you go, um, last thing, you know, I want I want to make this clear to everyone. You know, if climate change was really that big of an issue in global warming, and the, and they thought it was that much of a threat, then they would not be loaning real estate properties to these. Uh, houses on the water in Florida and all these different places that all these liberals have claimed are going to, you know, overlap and the water's going to sink them and all that stuff. I, I mean, you know, do you, you hear what I'm saying, right? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, the, the insurance companies are, are very cognizant of this, and yet they continue to fund uh, and, and, and support uh, houses on the waterline. Right, right. Yeah, and that's that's the point. I mean, that's the point right there. If it was that much of a threat, these big banks would not be loaning. They do not want to lose money. Believe me. Um, Valerie, no. go ahead. Valerie, go ahead, and then uh, Josh, and then we're gonna sure. uh, so let I uh, Greg go. I wanted to continue with that. I, I wanted to yeah. continue with your your thoughts, Rory, because it makes sense. You know. So, so does that mean that the banks are in on the the whole shenanigans? I mean, do they 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 disagree with the the uh, liberals who are saying the climate oh, yes. change is, is happening? It's bad. Oh yes, yes, you're exactly right. They're they're these uh, insurance companies aren't stupid. They they're putting their money where their mouth is and what they they what they believe, and uh, they wouldn't be funding all this insurance for these properties if if they believed that that uh, sea level was going to rise at anything near the yep. level that was predicted. Yep. And it, cause it's well, why fine. are we allowing this hoax to continue? That uh, we're not allowing I mean, it. We're we're not allowing it. We're, you're the only um, one I've heard of that that's really got you know scientific evidence behind you that can that can de- debunk this. Yeah, uh, you and I are not allowing it. We are. We can all be proponents of of the, the inconvenient facts to dispute it. Um, and I, I, we're, I'm working hard to dispute and debunk a lot of this. Uh, I'm not, I'm not alone. There are others, uh, but right. there's, uh, you know, how do we do it? Uh, keep strong. Uh, I, I, I'd, I'd encourage you to go buy my book or, or yep. whatever. Go to my website and get the, get the, the PowerPoint. It doesn't cost you a penny. Go right. go to inconvenientfacts.xyz. Get the PowerPoint. Greg, we got it. Hit subscribe. We gotta let you go. Greg, we got to let right, you go bye. in a second. But let, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I, I know this is a little bit of a different area I'm going to open up here, but I hope you can answer it at least 
something shortly, and then maybe we'll have an opportunity to have you back on to fully answer this. But what you know, something that I hear brought up a lot, especially recently for me where I live in Ohio, is what about the bees? The bees are all disappearing apparently. What what the heck's going uh, on there? Ah, uh, yes, but actually they're not. They did for a while. They're they've That's made remarkable. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert on this, and and I, but I, I and I, I hesitate to talk about anything I'm not uh, fully up on. But but from what I've read is that honeybees are making a remarkable comeback, and it does, I don't think it has anything to do with climate change. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, wow. I mean, I you know, Greg, I really appreciate uh, you know you coming on. Uh, you've been a phenomenal guest. Uh, gave us a, gr- a lot of great insight. Um, everybody, uh, please uh, go to his website. And, uh, Greg, please say what your website is again and where people can find you. Inconvenientfacts.xyz. Perfect. Excellent. Um, thank you, and we will definitely have you back again soon, sir. We We really appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Greg Wrightstone, everybody. Phenomenal guest. Great guest. Great guest. Did, did very well. I, I uh, had him on before. Uh, he definitely has uh, a lot of uh, great uh, insight and knowledge and, uh, you know, a lot of expertise in, the, uh, in, the, in, this, in that department. Um, so let's, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to – things I have not got to – um, good thing is President Trump and Justin Trudeau are talking trade uh, with days remaining uh, for the deal de- deal deadline. So uh, this looks like, you know, they uh, may uh, be in Canada, may get in NAFTA after all, because uh, Trudeau has to get on uh, Trump's boat. To, otherwise, uh, Trump's going to sail away. So, uh, you know, that's that's how the cookie's going to crumble. Um, but I think it's great. I, I love it. I, I love that, uh, pre, you know, President Trump is calling all the shots. He's uh, making all the rules. And uh, these leaders, uh, you know, either, you know, agree with them and, and compromise or, uh, you know, they, like I said, they get the, they get the fuck away. Um, excuse my French. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's a huge thing. That, that is a huge thing that um, – it's a great, great announcement today, um, and, and also huge, uh, fantastic announcement. Uh, North and South Korea agree to joint search for the Korean War remains. So we see all of this, these world leaders coming together, and we have our president to thank for that. I mean, our president has shined the light and opened up so many doors for everyone, the whole world. I mean, he's, the, he's not only America's savior, he's the world's savior. He's everyone's savior. We got Kim Jong-un and the, and the president of South Korea making peace and doing deals together now because of Trump. Trump, you know, uh, did a whole, um, you know, uh, thing that uh, made uh, them get back to get together. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, there's so much, there's so much going on. Um, what, what's sickening, I didn't announce earlier in the show, there has been a hundred thousand dollars raised now to help Brett, Brett Kavanaugh's accuser pay for security need. Christ. I mean, we are the, the kind of times we're living in and the things that are being funded and, and 
being – I mean, this, this is ridiculous. It's just like when they raised a half a million dollars for the illegal alien that killed Molly Tibbet uh, a few weeks ago, the jogger uh, in Iowa, the college student. And this is just sick stuff. I mean, we're dealing with a lot of sick shit, and uh, it's scary. It, it really is scary. Um, you know, and you have you have all these people – you know, coming forward in, in support of um, uh, of Kavanaugh, and uh, you know, and you have very few. Like you have this one woman or or two people that are saying out of out of hundreds that are saying he's innocent. Hundreds are saying he's innocent. Hundreds that went to school with him. I hate the smearing. I hate you know this shouldn't happen to anyone, regardless of your political stance. Regardless of your party, I mean, regardless of, I mean, this is about being a human being, you know, and this is as dirty as it gets, especially when his children and his wife are in the room and he's getting interrogated and there's a fake person coming forward saying something happened 40 years ago and she wants the FBI to investigate it. First of all, it's not the FBI's job. It would be the police department's job, but like we talked about earlier, uh, the limitate the rules of limitation or laws of limitations or however you however, however you say it are up and regardless we all know Brett Kavanaugh is an innocent man so you know there's nobody that has ever said anything bad about him I mean he's a, he's as flawless as can be um, you know and I I do want to definitely give a shout out um, to President Trump today uh, he was in. Uh, you know, visiting all the hurricane floor, all the hurricane uh, people, and um, you know, he was. You really can tell. I mean, this is like America's America's dad. I mean, he's he's for everyone. I mean, he's giving his time. He's handing out meals to all the hurricane uh, survivors and all the, all, the, all the hurricane people that went through all that stuff. I mean, he's there talking with all of the FEMA people. All of, I mean, it's great. I mean, it, it, it's amazing stuff. Um, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, especially reg- regarding that. Well, I mean, there's a, there was a record numbers of flooding and whatnot, but, boy, the media really blew that out of proportion to what they said it was going to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. A lot oh, of yeah. crap Over-exaggerated. happened. Over-exaggerated. But yeah. there was not any, you know, what, it was Category 5 hurricane is what they're reporting. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't even – a hurricane? It was a tropical storm, I think, is what I heard. Did even I don't even think it got to a hurricane. From what I heard, you know, right. there were tornadoes in the area. Um, but yeah. you know, and like you were saying, you know, no matter what, all of that, Trump's still showing up and you know, showing, uh, showing his love for that area of the country. And uh, you know, I, I appreciate uh, that about him. Yeah, absolutely, Valerie. Go ahead. Well, we were supposed to have the hurricane come through here today um, and it was a beautiful sunny day with blue skies so um, I guess I never can trust the weather but I know the people in North and South um, Carolina have been suffering and in fact over the weekend we had uh, several hundred dogs um, donating you know that were that came up this way to be adopted by um, families because of the you know people lost their their families, their homes, everything. And um, anyway, the dogs the dogs all found good homes. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, there were there were so many different things going on. I mean, it um, you know it wasn't it wasn't as bad as 
the media was trying to glorify and trying to over exaggerate. I mean, they were really trying to make this look like it was going to be worse than Katrina, but uh, you know, there's not many fatalities at this point. Uh, You know, people obviously have insurance, you know, it sucks to lose their house though. And, you know, if you see some of the streets, like in Wilmington, North Carolina, it's not pretty. I mean, it's deep water. I mean, covering street signs and stuff, uh, you know, but they, they have ways to, um, you know, clean this up, which they will. I mean, it's just like what happened with Houston last year. And, you know, um, there, there's all these different things that, um, that they'll take the proper procedures and, and proper protocol to get this taken care of. And thank God we have a president who loves us all and, and, and cares about the American people. And, uh, you know, there was a new announcement today I'm really excited to say. He's downgraded by 92% of letting Muslims into our country. 92% of Muslims he's down. So basically he's cut the 92% of letting them in. So he's only letting in, in about 8%. Uh, as of this year. So, I mean, imagine that. Obama was basically letting uh, about seven, like 70% of them in. Crazy, right? Valerie. Yeah, I mean, I think I think with the Muslims, you have to be careful <coughs> right. by not talking about Muslims themselves, but the countries that right. they're coming the from. They're, exactly. you know, Trump... Yeah. chose certain countries that right. he feels right. at this moment are unstable and he does, you know, until right. he can find out background checks from right. each of these people, you know, anybody from these yeah. particular countries, um, yeah. he needs to protect, you know, our country first. Oh, absolutely. And and that's what he's done. I mean, you, you look at, you look at everything he's doing and he's done amazing. And I mean, I couldn't be, I couldn't be more thankful. I mean, the economy is the best it's ever been. Um, you know, we have everything back uh, to the way it should be. I mean, we're, we're back to living the American dream. Capitalism is at its finest. The stock market's at all-time highs. Uh, you got lowest Hispanic unemployment in history, lowest black unemployment in history, lowest Asian unemployment in history, lowest female unemployment in history. It goes on and on and on. I mean, this is how uh, brilliant and phenomenal this guy is and what – he look what he did in one year. Imagine what he can do in eight years. I mean, this guy can, this guy saved the world in one year. I mean, I, I can, I just am so excited for the next seven years. But um, we are out of time. Valerie, go ahead and promote yourself real quick uh, where they can find you. Thanks, Rory. Um, you can find my book, Backyard Jihad, on Amazon.com. And you can leave messages for me or watch my, look, read my blog on backyard jihad um um sorry <laughs> on backyardjihad.com perfect and josh go ahead thank you yeah appreciate it rory go ahead and give me a follow on instagram if you'd like at j-o-s-h h-l-a-v as in victor a-t-y and i appreciate everybody for listening perfect i want to thank all my listeners i want to thank all of my uh, guests. I want to thank all of my co-hosts. I want to thank all of my sponsors. It's been a great show. Uh, please visit RorySodder.tv. You can also visit GetYourAppBuilt.com. Also visit the TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Again, that's the TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com. Um, we have a lot more to bring you tomorrow night, and um, I'm very excited. And uh, again, everybody, uh, have a great night. God bless you all. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Uh, cheers.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.